This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. And if you're loving this show, you missed it today, or you just want to hear more, check out the Wesson Walker podcast on the WFNZ app or on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Look up Wes and Walker. So, oh! Love it. What you got, Fitty? You, you might clown me for this. It may not be breaking newsworthy, oh. but we're college football junkies here. So I thought we would just announce it right now. Charlotte, the Queen City, they will be the spotlight the first week of the college football season. Carolina, South Carolina, 730 on ABC. So we should have maybe college game day in the house. And the big the big crew, Fowler and Herb Street, to cause Carolina, South Carolina game that uh I'll be in attendance for and losing my voice. Yeah, that ain't breaking news. They done played each other a hundred times the last three years. <laughs> You're at a Bank of America. Football junkie. I got some Don't news. Don't yell, City. Don't yell. <laughs> you just had to you just had to communicate via sound bites last segment. Don't <laughs> yell anymore. By the way, Flounder just texted me. Should I reply back with something snarky because he was being mean? What did he text you? Primetime week one against South Carolina. Should I be like, I don't know. I know, bro. Am I smart enough? What a what a great idea, man. You should say that's a way better topic than mine, as you pointed out. That's what you should say. I'm going to reply with just that. All right, Wes, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was worth it, though. I thought I was like, okay. Did you really? That's some info. Like That's some info, North Carolina, South Carolina. Air five for fitting. <laughs> Mentorship right there, baby. There you go. All right, so talking about the Carolina Panthers and the depth of this team compared to last year's and how do we like it, do we think that this is a deeper, more talented roster than what they put out on the field last season? Well, this is the point we've kept making when talking about the wide receiving core because you had DJ Moore last year, and then who else did you feel great about? The answer is probably not much, especially with Robbie Anderson being that second guy. But now, even if you don't think Adam Thielen is a wide receiver one, you do have Thielen, you do have Chark, you do have Terrace Marshall and Jonathan Mingo as some young guys in the game, and even Hayden Hurst as another pass catcher. So that's an area where you have some depth. I think even the offensive line, you have your starting guys set already. You draft somebody like Chandler Savala. So now you have some interesting depth up front where some people think Savala, I know you have at least flirted with this idea. Maybe Savala is starting sooner than a lot of people would even think, despite them having guys set at their positions. Defensively, cornerback depth is still an issue, but is it worse than last year? I don't think it's worse. Right, because it's the same guys. You still have J.C. Horn, number one. You still have Dante Jackson, who's in and out of the lineup because of injury. It's still C.J. Henderson. It's still Keith Taylor. You didn't draft a cornerback. You got an undrafted guy in a Ray John Wright, which you've been very high on. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if you have a lot of belief in him being a better undrafted free agent, then you might have more depth there. Safety position, clearly more depth, bringing in Yvonne Bell. So, yeah, I think the depth of this team, not only have you gotten better at some positions here, Wes, but I think the depth is better outright when you compare this year's team to last. Yeah, I agree with you. And the most key position is the most key in football. When you talk about quarterback, you got Bryce Young sitting there and Andy Dalton, a quality backup, I would say probably 
top three to four backup in the NFL. So I think when you look at that position alone, I think you have to be happy with the depth you have at that position. And you talked about in the trenches on the offensive line, uh, defensive line as well. We'll see who emerges there. But I think that bodes really well for the Panthers that quarterback for one is a position of strength just on depth alone. So Wide receivers, though, there's been some talk. DeAndre Hopkins is still sitting out there. We'll see what the Panthers do there. Devontae Adams has voiced a lot of things that have led many to believe that he's going to be done real soon in Las Vegas. Do you think the Panthers are going to make a run at either one of those two? And especially the Devontae Adams angle, when you talk about the money, what it may take to get him from the Raiders, I would imagine with some of the things that he said, they're not going to make it easy to get him or for him to be able to get out of there. So what do you think about them adding either of those two guys? Do you think it could happen? Do you think it should happen? DeAndre Hopkins is one where we heard him on the I Am Athlete podcast. The only, the only inkling that he gave as far as him being willing to play with the rookie QB is the fact that he likes C.J. Stroud and the fact that he likes the way that Houston was able to get C.J. and he really likes his tape out of Ohio State. I think he said his dad or somebody, one of his friends, sent him tape. And so he commended C.J. Stroud, but he didn't say that he wants to play with the rookie QB anymore. He gave you a list of the guys that he wants to play for. And he also told you, I'm done helping out the rookie QBs. I'm not doing that anymore, right? Like he did that with Houston for a while. Deshaun Watson hits in Houston, but then we have the contract negotiations and then the sexual assault and misconduct allegations. So then he goes to Arizona too. Clearly didn't want to get on the same page as Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins to me, he's got to just be wanting a veteran QB that is ready to win right now. That's what I, Carolina can go after him. But I don't think they're going to get him. I Just based off everything DeAndre Hopkins is talking about. With Devontae Adams, it's really all about what the Raiders want to do. And I do think that, I mean, look, Devontae can say, I demand a trade. He hasn't done that yet. He did say that he and the front office don't see eye to eye. So I would think that the Raiders want to help out whatever quarterback is going to be starting for them. I would think that they want to help him out as much as possible. Devontae Adams is that guy to do so. Yeah, I don't think Carolina is going to end up with them. I, they're probably going to look into more of a Devontae. But I, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins, despite not needing to trade for DeAndre, I just don't think you're going to be able to land him with what Hopkins wants. See, I, I disagree on the Hopkins trade. And I, and I think with a lot of NFL players, money talks. The Panthers have a ton of salary cap room. If they can give him the type of money he's looking for, I think he'll start to change his mind on helping a rookie quarterback. We know football players pretty much more than any other sport operate and are controlled by money. Uh, I think you really have to have a truly, truly – and DeAndre's an established guy, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. But I still think if the bag is right, I think Bryce Young, he can come around to the idea of it. I think he sees the division – and he sees that it could be there for the taking, and he could be one of the reasons for that because a player's ego also comes into play. And he would love to be a guy that they say, oh, man, they got DeAndre Hopkins now. He's the reason or one of the big reasons why they are where they are. But we've been hearing a lot of negativity about him. We talked about Albert Breer. He put out what some anonymous, you know, the anonymous NFL executives were saying Word on the street is DeAndre can't run anymore. He can't separate anymore. And they've been questioning his work ethic as well. They've been saying that he's also a front runner. When things are going great, he's great. When things aren't, he's not. 
So there's been a lot of negativity, whether you think teams are attempting to try to do it for their own gain. Perhaps that may be the case. But I think that DeAndre Hopkins is the guy that could be convinced to come to Carolina. The bag is right. Devontae, I think he's another example. I think that he may be a little bit harder to get. But as you said, it's out of his control. It's what the Raiders want to do. And I think if he came here to play for Carolina, I think he'd be good with it. I think Devontae, I think he wants to win, but I also think he wants the ball as well. And so I think those, that would be something that he definitely would become the number one target, no question about it, if the Panthers were able to get him. Here's my thing with the DeAndre Hopkins first, right, where you were bringing up Albert Breer, people saying that he can't run, that he's a front runner, all of this criticism. Man, we can pull up the game log from last year. Like, we have that, we have those stats at our fingertips. He had 60 yards against Denver. He had 79 yards against New England, 87, 91, 98, 36 against Seattle. 159, 103 in the first two games back from his suspension. So just to let you guys know, 64 receptions, 717 yards, and like the nine games that he played. The dude is still really productive, okay? Like, now you might think that he has this huge drop-off this past offseason, and he did finish with a only one reception game against Tampa Bay, but you are talking about an awful contest. That was like a 1916 game between both of those franchises. DeAndre can still play, in my opinion. I'm not buying people saying that, oh, you know, he can't run. That's why the market is lukewarm. Jeremy Fowler reported today as I was watching Get Up that he's he's fielding a lot of calls. He's just taking his time on trying to figure out which team he wants to play for, which I totally buy. What What's what's the like, why would you not be interested in DeAndre? There are a couple of different circumstances. If you're Kansas City. DeAndre Hopkins would be the number one wide receiver as soon as he steps onto the football team. Travis Kelsey right, might be your number one option, but number one wide receiver, you don't have Juju anymore. DeAndre would make a lot of sense. I don't know if they've gotten the production that they wanted out of Gabriel Davis in Buffalo, and so maybe Stephon Diggs and DeAndre would entice them to go after him. Th- that's the reason I'm just having a harder time coming around on DeAndre coming to Carolina. I would be interested, though. Well, when you start to dig into the analytics of it as well, and you look at his numbers from last year, his route win rate overall was number four in the NFL at 51.8%. His win rate versus man was second in the NFL at 47%. So, yeah, and his targets. Now, his target separation versus man was number 87, and that may be what people are talking about. But this guy still, to me, the name of his game has never been speed or separation. I think he's always just run a really good route runner, really crafty. So let me take that back. I think separation helps in the fact that he's such a good route runner and that he goes up. And to me, his specialty is 50-50 balls. Well, can we just like he had one reception on 10 targets against Tampa. Okay, fine. That was not a good game for any offensive player involved. It was 1916 in overtime against Tampa. But he catches a lot of passes thrown his way. Yeah. I mean, if you start to just look at how many incompletions there were throwing to DeAndre, it's minimal, man. Yeah, nobody said the hands on day anymore. That that was one thing they did say. Which ultimately, yes, like this is where I, I value advanced stats and and some of that is actually pointing towards DeAndre being a good player, but four incompletions the first the first game back. And here's what will go after that. One incompletion. One, four, three, two, four, four. At most, until you get to the very last game, four incompletions on high volume. Man, sticky fingers. DeAndre Hopkins got him. And Kyler Murray, I don't know if we think that he's a top 10 QB by any means. It's not like Kyler Murray is just putting it right on the money. You know, DeAndre Hopkins doing the 50-50 contested balls thing. 
and now you have him bringing it home with the reception. Yeah, DeAndre's still a really good player. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard to miss those fingers when you wear triple X gloves. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to work with. All right, so uh, really quick before we go to break, Alex Ballantyne named Rajon Wright one of the most exciting undrafted free agents, and he had some really compelling data about this young man. And he talked about how if this were the Legion of Boom era, there was no way that he would go undrafted. And that last season, he only allowed 25 receptions on 53 targets in his last year at Oregon State. How likely do you think it is that he could become a player? Now, first, he has to make the roster as an undrafted free agent, but becoming a player in year number one. I think it's going to be tough for any undrafted free agent to come in here and be a player number one um, a player his first year. But you can look at somebody that, no, wasn't undrafted in Tariq Woolen, but as a fourth-round guy going back to the team where the Legion of Boom reigned so supreme for a while, you look at him as a fourth-round guy, he's viewed as one of the best young cornerbacks in the game. There's a route for him here. Like, there is a route for him to be a productive NFL player. And if everybody was kind of surprised that he wasn't drafted, right, like, clearly there are some things to like. So, yeah, man, I, I think this was absolutely a, a well-worthwhile pickup for Carolina. Yeah, just from everything I know about the kid, 6'2", 193, the way he plays the game, man, I think he definitely has a chance to be a player in year one, and I think he's going to make the roster book it. But when we return, we've got Hunter Bailey in studio. He's got a big announcement for us as well. When we return on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We have some more breaking news. Here we are talking about the Charlotte 49ers football schedule. Not only do we have just one piece of information. <laughs> we got to do it. Also, oh, that's a... breaking news worthy, Wes, but not my news. Okay. And yeah. The first. I, I yelled when you did it. Yeah. The first five games of the Charlotte football schedule revealed the actual dates, the times. So they'll be playing South Carolina State to lead off the season. But they have big games against Maryland Saturday, September 9th at Maryland at 730 on NBC. So prime time. And then you have a game against Florida, ESPN Plus, SEC Network, 7 p.m. down in the swamp. That game will be happening on September 23rd. Who better to talk more about it? There's no way we could have scheduled it like this. We didn't realize because this schedule update just came out about 10 minutes ago, like 15 at most. Hunter Bailey, you can find his work on the Charlotte Observer right now. You can also hear him on the Highway 49 podcast and follow him on Twitter at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. Hunter, I'm glad we got something to talk about, man, with the schedule. What a time. What a time. So you got these five games. What stands out to you most? Maryland, Florida. Does this layout okay for Charlotte, considering you do have some big-time opponents in the Power Five um, Maryland and Florida programs that you have, too? When you look at Florida, 7 p.m., I think Mike Hill may have pulled some strings for I that. I think maybe. Get the night game Mike the Hill swamp. coming from the Florida Athletic Program. Yeah. I think probably did that. 
Uh, obviously, Maryland primetime on NBC, that's huge. You wouldn't really think the Charlotte 49ers would be playing on NBC at primetime, mm-hmm. so congrats to them. And then I really think FAU at home Friday night, 7.30 on ESPN2 is a score for the program as well. So how big is that game, just in the first five that you're talking about, when you can really hit the ground running? You're talking about some conference opponents, right, when you're discussing the FAU launch after you get Florida and Maryland out of the way. Is that the game where you're looking, all right, you can suffer a couple of L's against Maryland and Florida, but now it really starts. I think that's a, a tone-setting game for them. For sure. If you get out of this two and two, you beat South win your home games, Georgia State, South Carolina State, get the AAC first game in the AAC rolling with a win. I mean, that's huge. And then, I mean, I will say this too. Biff Pogey talked a lot about beating Maryland. They, they want to beat Maryland. There's a lot of players there from Maryland, whether it be via high school, St. Francis coming there, transfers that used to play for Pogey. So that game is circled and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah, man, because going off of that, I was going to say Maryland – they're not scaring a lot of programs when you talk about playing them. And Florida is also a program that hasn't been what they've been in past seasons. So with these primetime games on the schedule now, is this a program that's going to go into these games confident that not only will they have a great performance, that they can win these games? That's that's the hope, and that's definitely Pogey's mindset. And we talked about Mike Hill already. That's what he's talked about is he wants to have one or two games a year at a college football cathedral. Like they just scheduled a game for at Ohio State in like 2031. Right. And I'll be 30-something years old. <laughs> I, I don't even like thinking about that. But that's what they talk about. And so we saw them beat Duke at home 2021. If you watched just the first half of the South Carolina game last year, you had fun. It was 20-14. to 14. They got blown out, ended up losing by 40. But moving forward with this program, that's what they want. That's what they're looking for. They're going to continue to schedule these big games. Yeah, and so how much are showcase showcase games like this playing into the vision of Biff Pogey? I think it's huge. I mean, obviously the payout, whether it's $1.5, $2 million for the program just off that. But what happens when they win one of these big games, you know? I mean, you saw what it did for the program when they beat Duke. Huge sellout. The crowd was super into it the following week. Gardner-Webb, games like that. But what if they go on the road and win one of these games? I mean, that's still a first that they don't have. They competed with schools like Tennessee in 2017. That Illinois. was that was the one, man. I wanted yeah. that one so badly. And then Illinois in 2021 when Jonathan Cruz misses a 29-yard kick. So they've been in these games, but they haven't really scored that first road Power 5 win yet, and that'll well, be a huge moment. Well, you bring up both of those games. Just big-time mistake. Maybe not so much against Tennessee, if my memory serves correct. It's the punt return, that was it. That was it, yeah. So, like, you did have the big plays that you allowed. You talk about Illinois. So, you fumble it in scoring territory, and then the very next play, it's like an 80-yard run. Yep. Something like that against Illinois, which that's what the defense became known for. Just, all right, you want an 80-yard play? Cool. It's about time to dial that up in the second half, and then we'll go ahead and drop this opportunity. Hopefully that doesn't happen again for them, man. That would, hopefully under Biff Pogey, you have this new opportunity and this new mindset that allows them to not make many mistakes. I did want to talk about the quarterback position too, because we did see Xavier Williams actually transfer out of this program. This is somebody that a lot of people were excited about because we got to see him in a game after some injuries to Chris Reynolds and others. He got in, played pretty well, but now he's no longer with Charlotte. And you had another QB commit come from Oklahoma. What can you tell us about the QB position right now heading into the regular season? Definitely. So following the spring game, Poji made it clear. He said, I thought four, Jalen Jones played great. He was a showstopper. I thought seven, James Foster played well. Didn't mention Xavier Williams. Two weeks later, both Williams and Foster in the portal. 
Williams lands at UCF with Will Healy. Not super shocking. Right. Congrats to Xavier. I'm not sure if James has landed anywhere yet. But in comes Michael Bowen's uh, transfer from Oklahoma. He's got three years left, six foot, 195, three-star prospect coming out of high school. I haven't seen his tape yet, so definitely need to do some studying on that. But with Jalen Jones, I think I think it's pretty clear Jalen Jones is the guy. I don't think Xavier mainly would have left had there been any real battle. But expecting to see number four, and they're heading back to Florida this year where we just talked about where he started his career. Look, Charlotte has a lot of improvement they need to do. And Wes, I'll kick it to you on this one because there's clearly a lot of holes they need to fill on this roster. Sure. One thing we've been spoiled with in Charlotte, Chris Reynolds has been that guy. Now he's been injured. He needs to be a lot healthier when you go back and look at his time. But they bring in transfer after transfer. Nobody can beat Chris Reynolds for that starting job. And he was a good QB. So, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, clearly the defense needs to get a lot better. They had some good wide receivers. I don't know if they were utilized the best, especially last season. Hopefully that talent can stay true. But if Jalen Jones can pick up at the quarterback position where we left off with Chris Reynolds and everything else gets better. Wes, it feels like we can have a pretty big breakout year in the first season with Biff Pogey. Yeah, because the thing is, he's bringing a mentality there. And I think physical football will always steer you in the right direction. So I think with him bringing that to the table, he's going to help his quarterback because the offense is conservative. And so, Hunter, I'll ask you, as we are approaching the summer fall camp right around the corner, what are some of the things that will be at the top of the pecking order for the 49ers to get solved entering camp? I mean, you got to start with the defense. What you just talked about, the mentality. I've been trying to line up coaches to come on my podcast, the Highway 49 podcast. Their response is, we're not coming on until we put a good product on the field. We don't We don't want to talk about it until we do it. And I, I like that. At the same time, it's like, nah, man, come on the show. <laughs> right, right. It. But I get it at the same time because it really, I mean, it's been historically bad for two, two and a half seasons now. And when you look at all these new, all these new faces, I think top of the line, Get the defense right. Get the back end right. That was the biggest problem last year is quarterback had all day to throw, and then there was no one to cover. So we've talked a lot about the front four, so many incoming folks, five stars, four stars on the defense. If you can get the secondary right, I think that's going to do wonders. <laughs> I think it would, too. I mean, the secondary was so bad. And then even with guys like Marquise Watts, who I believe is a Tampa right now, right? He is. Moved to linebacker. Yeah, which probably better suits him at the NFL. Yeah, he's a small guy, but hopefully the quickness can work out for him. But just underwhelming from what we thought from him. So even still, there was talent there. The secondary, I mean, you're just hoping that can leaps and bounds improve. It was as weak a unit as Charlotte football has had in quite some time. And oh. so hopefully it can improve. Yeah, for sure. They've it's a completely new group now. There's a couple fifty shout out here. There's two or three UNC guys in the secondary. Are they gonna do well, Fitty? Well, the UNC they guys came from UNC. That doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> well, they're not being coached by Dre Blash, so they got a chance. Right. Uh, <laughs> as long as as long as it's Biff Pogey and whoever his secondary coach is, as long as it's not Dre Bly, according to Fitty, it'll start to work out a little more. I did want to talk Charlotte basketball real quickly. Speaking of the transfer portal, last time we talked you were discussing everybody leaving and Charlotte wasn't able to keep anyone. I mean, there were thoughts about, could you keep Ali Khalifa? Maybe some Florida rumblings, but really it's BYU. So he settles there. Shocked. And then Bryce Williams, where it looked like they were going to do everything they could to hold on to him. Doesn't work. Goes to Nebraska. Second local kid, by the way, Bryce McGowan's out of South Carolina, went to Nebraska. Fred Hoiberg. He's got it locked down over here in the Carolinas for some reason. I don't know. You're going to Lincoln. Um, who are the guys coming in to the basketball program that you can point to, Hunter, and say, okay, it's actually a little bit better than the last time we talked? Yeah, there's a couple of bigs that I think 
they're going to, I mean, replacing Ali Khalifa is tough, right? We talked all about his game, baby Jokic. But we got Deshaun Jackson coming in from Washington State, 6'10", power forward. There's really two 6'10 guys coming in. Then Dean Reber coming in from Rutgers. Both have some floor spacing abilities, but I really think it's Deshaun Jackson that's going to rim protect, and they really need that. They haven't had a big that's a true rim protector since Bamba. Yeah. And that was, what was that, 2019? That was Jameer Young's first year? Yeah, who was it? Like, Achebu, right? Like, didn't they have him as well? So I forget. Yeah, yeah but they, they had some rim protection, and Ali wasn't doing that, but hopefully they can get it this year. Yeah, do you feel like that with the guys that have exited that they've done a good job of filling in those spots, or do you think there's still some gaping holes on that roster? I think there's a gaping hole at wing right now. I mean, I like some of the young talent that they have. I really, I think Zay Folks, he's a guard. Obviously, he can't fill that wing role, but I like his game. I think he's going to be huge. I believe he had seven steals in one of the late season tournament games this past year. Like he's a dog on defense and they really need that because as we talked about, I mean, you're losing Bryce, you're losing Ali, you're losing basically Mm -hmm. 25, 30 points. 10, 15 rebounds a game. You got that's got to come from somewhere. Oh, we got a text in from 704. This dude really just said Khalifa's baby Jokic. What the hell? Yeah, Wes laughed at me when I said it too. <laughs> but Watch we had game. him. But that's a CBI champion you're talking about, <laughs> 704. Please. It is baby Jokic. He led us to the chip and we appreciate him. Good luck at BYU. I know Wes said the same thing, though, to be honest. Because I called him Baby Jokic once upon yeah, a time. I almost choked. <laughs> you did. You did. I got excited, man. Like, yeah. he was a good player. I was going to get excited about the talent that he brought here to the Charlotte area. Um, Speaking of talent in the Charlotte area, Hunter's out here making dudes money. That was something that was apparent nationally. When UFC was in town, Hunter was covering the event. And he talked to Dana White about a Brian Battle, who did a good job during his fight. And here's Dana White and Hunter Bailey talking back and forth during media availability. You mentioned the crowd earlier, 18,000 people. Uh, Brian Battle, second fight of the night. Local guy, will you just comment on his performance tonight? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the crowd behind him comes in, um, gets the knockout. You know what's you know ridiculous? We got... Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to give him $50,000. <laughs> you, you just, he ought to come find you and okay. hug you after this press conference. He deserves 50 grand. Yeah, I'm giving him 50000 too, so put him down, too. So now we're doing five tonight. Yeah, I didn't answer your question, but you just got him another fifty grand. so congrats. Wow. And thanks. <laughs> I'll, th- I'll thank you for him. I mean, that is one of the all-time exchanges. It's, it's got to be number one moment for you, right? Like any kind of coverage, being able to cover UFC, popular thing coming in here to town, and then you get somebody fifty thousand dollars richer. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I didn't really know what to say after that because it was just kind of like the press conference was wrapping up. It's one of the last questions, but did he say anything to you? Did the fighter reach out to you? He invited me to Encore. I want to close here in Charlotte. Woo! Uh, I did not go. I should have went. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Dang, how hold you going to turn that down? You know the mood that he would have been in after what you got for uh, him? You guys would have been Hunter, lit. Hunter, Hunter, we got to talk. Hunter, we got to talk. He invited you to the club. I had a work event, my man. You made the man 50K. You know he would have been dropping that on some of you. How much, do you, how much, West, how much are you giving to Hunter Bailey, if a question that he asked gave you 50K in He's, your pocket. Whatever he wants that night. It's going to be full service, whatever you need. And rolling with somebody that can uh, think up of some debauchery like I, I can, you would have <laughs> had the night of your life. 
What? I mean, <laughs> every single drink. Oh, my God, Hunter, I'm hurting for you right now. You, you might you, not have survived if it was me. <laughs> oh, goodness great. Like, I know you had a work of it. I'm not trying to be a bad influence, but you had to be feeling pain when you turned him down with that. Invite. I would have gave you some stacks, too. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I'd have gave you at least five. And look, you don't need to talk to us about that. Like, I don't, you know, whatever kind of problems <laughs> might come with it. But there had to be something coming your way. Oh, for sure. Uh, he's a Matthews kid, too. I went to middle school there. Oh, so he so. gave you some bandos? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Sadie Drive, man. Uh, you have to be feeling pain. Like, uh, you, you clearly didn't want to turn that down. Though. Of course not. It was. I had some obligation. I had to, I had to do what I had to do. I just, I just got back from Miami, though, so I'm doing all right. right That's now, a good character guy it. right there, man, to turn it down for work of it. Because right. I definitely would have found a reason to make up an excuse. All right. So maybe this is me being a little too egotistical. But I feel like we have enough of a platform to reach out to Brian Battle and say, look, we need to make this party happen. Yes. And Wes, if we're going to make it happen, then we go. Go ahead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go ahead and bring the boys then in. We're, we're going to Encore. <laughs> Let's I go. I don't want any money. I yeah. will pay for myself. Exactly. I just want to be a part of the entire process. Yes. This is what I want. And so, yeah, I, this is what we need to make happen right now. We'll get it on social media. You are social media manager, just default. Yes, okay? for so, sure. Wes, I know you are not one to be shy about reaching out either. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll send him a video all message. Right. We'll add him. Let's we'll do, do all that. We we'll say, send my man some stacks at a minimum or get this party <laughs> cracking. <laughs> the money man. That's Hunter, right. Like, like, I'm not even mad that he hasn't made us any money. I'm cool with that. I'm just glad that he's getting us an opportunity to go party with somebody, a local celeb with you, Will. All right, so speaking of local celebs, we promised you an announcement from Hunter Bailey at the very end of this segment. No, it is not that he turned down a club invite from Brian Battle after he made him 50K. He's got something <laughs> else. This one, a little bit more palatable. Hunter, tell the people the good news. Yeah, some exciting news. Um, one of my favorite reporters ever, Ashley Mahoney, uh, oh, learned, a, learned a ton from her Axios now, but she started her journey at Charlotte Post. And I'll be writing for the Charlotte Post this year with Herb, good friend of hers, awesome guy, uh, covering the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, definitely looking forward to that, guys. All right, Q and Fitty. Okay. Yeah, new job alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Hunter Bailey, your new beat writer for the Charlotte Post covering the Charlotte Hornets. He announced it here today, and it's always a great day when you end it on good news. How are you feeling covering the pros now coming up from the college ranks? Man, I'm excited. Uh, I love the Charlotte 49ers, but felt like I had to break through that glass ceiling and get to something Get to the pros, so definitely look for As you it. should, young man. All right, so follow this man. Not only has he covered the Charlotte 49ers, has done a fantastic job at a time where there's not much coverage about a team, an athletic program that a lot of people care about. He's been doing a great job there. At Hunter underscore Bailey 45. Now he's going to be covering the Charlotte Hornets and just kind of how the city is, right? There's not a ton of people covering it on a per-day basis. Hunter going to keep you informed on everything going around the organization and a good time to be making this jump with the second overall selection. You're going to cover Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, whoever it is. You're going to cover their rookie year. Yep. Steve Clifford's second season, an exciting time, some hopeful times here. And so we appreciate the time, Hunter. Thanks again. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you guys having me. All right, man. Best of luck to you. Man, getting some guys 50K, getting a new job. Yeah, That's I was going to say, what can you ask Colin to get us some more money? That's a hell of a month Yeah, for one Hunter Bailey. We sure. appreciated him uh, joining us in the Planet Kia studios. All right, Fitty, hit us with the last flash of the day. What you got? It's all right to be little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little pity. Why?
Take a look around the Major League Baseball scoreboard. The Rangers and the Tigers are tied at one in the top of the six. The Angels lead the White Sox 2-0 in the bottom of the second, and the Cubs lead the Rays 2-0 in the bottom of the first. And at 337, the Braves will look to avoid getting swept by the lowly A's. They got beat last night on a walk-off. So the A's have won back-to-back games and are a win today from their first sweep of 2023. Yeah, not a good look for the Braves right now. Not at all. Because the A's are. Oh, they just showed that a man ran onto the field at an Oakland A's game and the security did nothing. I'm That's where they're at. I'm sorry. I looked back at the three TVs that we have <laughs> and the graphic that is showing up on the middle TV is a debate show. It is the Carton Show. And the debate is the topic. Josh Hart has 99 problems, but milk is not. And we're going to leave that right there because we've talked about that during the break. You can look that up yourself. Josh Hart, milk, that can be your Google search. And I'm not really going to be touching it. (laughs) It's Wesson Walker with one more segment to go. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. trying to get some more fun in this man's life hunter bailey hopping on with us not only does he have a new job with the charlotte post covering the charlotte hornets the man was invited to attend the club with brian battle mma extraordinaire and we just played the soundbite where dana white said you know what hunter brian can thank you because we're going to pay him fifty thousand for his performance tonight yeah and we just put out a social media video Mm. absolutely chasing some good times because I was filming, Wes, of course, of course, this is this is why you compliment me so well, Wes, because yeah. there's no way that I could do this with that kind of energy that you do. Like, I'd be probably a little scared as well, but I feel like there's safety in numbers. I, I feel like, hey, Wes is going to do it. <laughs> That's so right. So now let's go after Brian Battle. Elevate your teammate. And now we need to go to the club. That's right. Fitty, I would love to, we've talked enough about bringing you to the club as well. We haven't done it yet. Oh, we'd love to. Can you imagine having not been before? Because you've never been ever in your entire life, correct? Yeah, I've never been clubbing now. Can you imagine the first time ever going with that kind of entourage? Right. I wouldn't have turned it down. I, was, I, I would have called out at work. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Hunter, goodness. Yeah, it's, that's tough. He said he had a work event. He had a different obligation. And people were asking him, like, why is he doing that on the text line? Chef Chad wrote in. He said, dude, Brian Battle used to be a bouncer where I worked. And he married a co-worker of mine as Ooh. well. Couldn't happen to a better dude. So a glowing review. And, yo, he's Chef a small Chad. guy. So he definitely would have the propensity to do some damage. Because imagine being a bigger guy. You don't know who he is or what he does. 
he comes and tells you not to do something and you just give him the business because he's a smaller guy. And then you don't realize. And then your arm is like in half. <laughs> You're like, ah! What happened? Oh, my arm's broken now. How did that happen? 704 said, bless that man for covering UNCC for as long as he did. Yeah, and he did it fantastically. So, and yes, he had a lot of work to do. Um, 704 said, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Uh, he said, well, Hunter is solidly on the springboard to another job job now yes he did have that new job as we've been talking about and uh those are some of the texts rolling in about hunter bailey we also had this to discuss wes mm-hmm. because brett mcmurphy reported that the cheese it bowl is no more it is now the pop tarts bowl pitting the acc versus the big 12 and let's just i'm just going to tell you right now fantastic move cheese it's to pop tarts it's a snack upgrade i'm a huge sweet tooth type of guy uh-huh I do think Pop-Tarts are versatile. Not only can you eat them on the go, but you can also put them in the toaster in case you want to get a little spicy with it. Lots of fantastic flavors out there, so you're not just subjected to cheese. Even though cheese is great, Pop-Tarts has multiple flavors. I love this move, going from the cheese at Bowl to the Pop-Tarts. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, some of these bowl games have the quirkiest names. Add Pop-Tarts to the list, man, but that is one thing. You know, I try to eat pretty solid most of the time, try to eat fairly clean. But I do think about Pop-Tarts a lot, and I haven't had any in so long. Can we isolate that, please? Yeah, I I think think about them a lot. I think about Pop-Tarts a lot. Yeah, man. How often do you think about Pop-Tarts, Fitty? Um, Well, I usually eat them about every day, so it's it's a frequent (laughs) thought. I asked you about toaster strudels versus versus pop. Do you eat more pop tarts than you do toaster strudels? Yes, because I don't have to cook pop tarts. Yeah, How, you. What kind of flavor are you eating every day? There's only one, except the blancer. Oh, okay. It's brown sugar cinnamon. Well, lots of people came for it, but that. but but I will say, a lot of people will say that is the best one. Have you ever done the butter on the back? Whoa. So what my what my dad will do is he'll put the brown sugar and cinnamon pop tarts in the toaster, pop them out, and then put butter on it. It melts on the back, and if you eat it that way, it apparently accentuates the taste of what is the brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart. Wow. You should try it. I mean... See, I'm an OG Pop-Tarts guy, man. Strawberry, blueberry. I can go with the frosting without either one. Oh, I'll it's got to have the frosting. Uh, yeah, I can do either. I can do either, but I would rather have the frosting. Because I think the crust is so good that I can just eat them, and then the fruit filling will give me what... Mm-hmm. is missing from the frosting not being there. John the Beer Man said, wake me up when it's the toaster strudel bowl. <laughs> That's pretty tough. He also said apple is the correct answer. I loved Wildberry when I was a kid just because of the aesthetics. No, come on. You can't hate on the Wildberry. Disgusting. That design, it's not disgusting. You cannot like it. The absolute takes that this man has. Here I it thought, is, man. You can't. I thought we no were, in between. I thought we could bond over some Pop-Tarts, but you're just not here for it. Wild not, berry is not so wild good. Wild berry. You're, I mean, brown sugar, cinnamon, chocolate, or s'mores. Chocolate is good. Somebody, yeah, Brian wrote in s'mores, pop tarts. It is god tier. And I am absolutely with that. Pop tarts are just god tier. Yeah, they're so good. I, I like this move to go to the pop tarts bowl. All right, Fiddy, tell us what happened on this day in sports history. All right, so back in Fitty's favorites, I talked about people saving LeBron's butt. Well, on this day in 2007, he saved his own butt. He scored a career playoff high at the time, 48 points to lead Cleveland to a 109-107 Game 5 win over Detroit in two overtimes as he became the first player to score 25 straight points for a team in the postseason. 
has he scored 29 of their final 30 points? I think this is my favorite LeBron game. This Either is this or game six ooh, in Boston. Oh, yeah. Th- this is my favorite because you're talking about ending what was a phenomenal Eastern Conference frontrunner in the Detroit Pistons with all of the all-stars but not quite superstars. Yeah, Detroit was out here balling in the Eastern Conference. Why'd you call them a frontrunner? They were they were almost like a mini dynasty. Well, I know. I meant, I guess, front. you're right. That does have negative. I meant to say, like, out in front of everyone. That was I my meant, first favorite NBA team. I meant it as a positive. But you're right. I shouldn't have said it like that. But they were out here dominating. Yeah, I guess that's strong, too. I can't get my words right. I'm sorry I can't get my actions right. No, they were right. dominant. They were very good. The, what was it? Was it five straight or seven straight Eastern Conference Finals? The, I, I don't know. But I do know, obviously, that they won the NBA Finals. They had the upset against the Lakers. They got to another one before they got beat by the San Antonio Spurs. And for LeBron to single handedly destroy their reign and then move on as pretty much okay yeah this guy might be here as the best player in the league yeah, right now yeah this was the and time. that's what i was gonna say this was the oblique moment yeah uh, i believe during was. that game i was out hanging out at a club if i'm not mistaken and i saw the game on the tv and just saw what he was doing play after play and that's when it became apparent where you were like whoa and this guy's gonna be and those, and those buckets were insane, too. I mean, just dunking on people, getting to any spot he wanted to, getting in the lane anytime he wanted, and then rising up, chin above the rim, and then slamming and it And Detroit home. was such a great defensive team, and that was the thing that was right. crazy about it as well. Right. This was the, oh, okay, LeBron is about yeah. to do the whole chosen uh-huh. one thing, uh-huh. and it's about to happen right now. <laughs> That'll do it for Wesson Walker. We appreciate everybody listening every single weekday from 12 to 3. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.